Welcome to Take It From The Iron Woman. My name is Susanne Müller, your host and the Iron Woman. This podcast is about empowering yourself and others to make real changes in the world. You will hear from everyday, smart, sophisticated, hip people like you and me. Not everybody has to be an Iron Woman to impress the world. Together, we will learn from the sports and business leaders how you can become a more successful person as an entrepreneur or a leader. It's one step at a time, one day at a time. Take your steps now. Take your big steps now. Join me on this journey to success. Let's go. Take it from the Iron Woman. We only have special guests. Today we have Mike with us. We know each other from running. We were part of the Greater New York racing team. Sure. An inspiration. So, Mike, introduce yourself. Who is Mike who's going to join us today? Well, I'm Mike Lyman. I was a member of the Greater New York uh, racing team. I've been running all my life, but I only began racing about 25 or 30 years ago. I used to think of racing as just running. And I would never just run. I wanted to run in the outfield to catch fly balls or run on a football field to, to catch touchdown passes. But about 30 years ago, I began to, to race and uh, found that to be uh, really a glorious athletic challenge because it was so personal. It's all about me. It had nothing to do with the team, it had nothing to do with my opponents. It just had to do with me and, and the course. And that was something that really excited me. Are you a competitive person in that case? I am an extremely competitive person. <laughs> I turn everything into a form of competition. Oh, this is cool. And I know when I follow you on Facebook, I can always read your fabulous posts on how your race and runs goes. Tell us a little bit, what does running mean to you? Well, running to me has always been a great athletic challenge, but it was also, for me, a great athletic strength. I love to compete And as an athlete, I have certain limitations. I'm small, I'm light, I'm not particularly strong, but what I am is smart, competitive, persistent, and very fast. So to me, my legs has always been a key part of my athletic ability, whether I'm using it to take an extra base in, in, in baseball or to get beyond a, a defender in football. But of course, in running, I'm sorry, in racing, running is everything. It had always been a key part of the way that I define myself as, as an athlete. I might be smaller than you. I might be incapable of hitting the ball farther than you, but probably I can outrun you. I know you were always faster than I was. An inspiration, especially when you're on a team. After the race, you see these days with social media or whatever, the New York Roadrunners website, you see how fast everybody is. And also on the team, obviously, we always checked who is faster than me. Well, that's true. And that's part of my competitive nature, all our competitive natures, I would imagine. But, but the other thing is that running is wonderfully statistical. When I played baseball, I would always be interested in keeping statistics, uh, batting average on base percentage, et cetera, et cetera. In running, though, everything you do can be compared to other people. 
You can compare yourself to all the finishers in the race. You can compare yourself to all the people of the same sex as you. You can compare yourself to all the runners of the same age as you or in, in the same age group as you. You can do age grading to find out how fast you would have run if only you had been smart enough to stay 25. <laughs> I've always loved that statistical element of running, even in practice. Right. If, if I have a practice in baseball, I can't keep statistical track of that. But in running, I might go out for an easy five mile run. But how does that compare to the easy five mile run from last week or last mm -hmm. year or 15 years ago? Mm -hmm. So th there's always these numbers to, to, to play with. And that's something I've always enjoyed about my running. Talking about statistics, how many years do you go back so you can trace back last week, last year how do you I, I, keep up with the statistics well if, if, if this was a tv i would show you my various notebooks i have about uh, 20 of them in which i've kept track of i, I would say 99.9 percent .9 of all my runs wow. and, and then I, i break them down in other places so i can go back into the 1990s and show you how many miles i ran in a particular week what wow. my long run was did i run a race so I, I keep some pretty detailed notes. And that's my next question. Like, how detailed are the notes? Like what you feel at the pace or is it more just numbers? It's, it's more numbers. I mean, of late, I've begun writing down uh, little extra things like what kind of shoes I was wearing mm. and how many layers of, of, of shirts <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing and stuff. This way, I have an excuse if I'm running slow. I can say, oh, but I was wearing three layers that day. So that's the reason. But normally speaking, I keep track of all my splits. Most races, most runs, I keep track of my heart rate. Mm -hmm. So I have the distance, I have the time, I have my pace. That, that's basically what I keep track of. Mm -hmm. I will occasionally write stories about my races, about mm -hmm. some exceptional workouts, but that's not usually included in my notebooks. That's more on my Facebook page. How do you keep track? If you look back to 1900, we didn't have like a Garmin or anything. How has that evolved like to now? What watch are you wearing today? I'm wearing a, a polar watch. The, the two main things. I've always been very simple. And all I wanted was a watch that would tell me the time of my run and would keep track of my splits. Mm -hmm. and, and I remember when I first started running, I had a watch that would only give you like eight splits mm -hmm. for every run. So when I ran a half marathon, I tried to memorize my time for the first five miles because I only could keep the splits for the last eight miles. Obviously, I became more sophisticated. I got a watch that could give me as many splits as I want. Then I remember getting my first heart rate monitor, which was a strap mm -hmm. that you had to put across your chest. A little bit uncomfortable, but not too bad. It was so exciting to me <laughs> to see my heart rate, you know, my average heart rate, my, my max heart rate and, and stuff. And I began writing that down. But that's where I stayed. I didn't get into GPS. Okay. I didn't get into strapless. I didn't get into anything online. Until I overcame my fear. My fear was that I could get an expensive watch to give you all that information mm -hmm. and I'd never figure out how to use it. So it would be a you know a $250 waste of money. But I overcame that fear. I, I got a polar watch. It turns out to be not all that difficult. Now I run without a strap, 
even though I have to say that I think the heart rates are much less accurate without the strap across. I, I, I love the GPS, even though sometimes I could run the exact same course and get a different distance reading on the <laughs> GPS. Not by too much, but by just a little bit. I post online now. I, I keep track of it online, which is fun. It's another opportunity to review things after I've finished. I connect my watch to the computer. I see all the statistics come up and I play with them. And, and that's just a lot of fun. Uh, so now I can track my running, not just in numbers, but in wavy lines that tell me how fast I was going and then how slow I was going and how my heart rate went up and then it went down. And it's just more numbers that I that I can have fun with. Now you can get watches where it feels like you can measure when your hair is growing or something. So yeah, these were oh, the incredible. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of the functions I don't use, like the, my, my watch supposedly could tell me how well that I sleep. The only problem is when I try to wear it to bed, it would rub up against the pillow and rub up against my wrist and it would feel uncomfortable. So I said, well, this is just going to keep me awake. And my oh, lights up, I see the light. So I don't like to wear it because of the light. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That would be a problem as well. And tell us a little bit, some of the highlights of your running career. I always remember you talking about the Disney marathon. Uh, I had always thought that the idea of running a marathon was stupid. And the reason I thought that is one of the first races I ever ran in. This was before I joined the Greater New York Racing Team. And I really wasn't racing that consistently. But I ran the Brooklyn Half Marathon. And I remember getting to mile 12 and thinking, it is impossible to be as in pain as I am, but only halfway through a race, only halfway through a marathon. Mm -hmm. So I, I staggered to the finish of that first half marathon and I had pain in parts of my body that I had never felt before. But then I joined Greater New York and I was encouraged to run a marathon and I did. New York was wonderful, but all the hills killed me. Mm-hmm. So when I learned that Disney was basically a flat course and I was going to Disney and I enjoyed it, I thought my friend and I, we would build our next Disney vacation around the marathon. And so that's what what, what we did. And, and I ran my first Disney marathon, I, I guess, in early 2000, 2002, 2003, something like that. And it was so much fun. Um, Disney is divided up into four major theme parks. Mm -hmm. And in the marathon, you run through all four of those parks. A lot of the running is on highway connecting the parks. So that's really not so great. Mm -hmm. Running through the four theme parks with the guests out there and the Disney characters out there cheering you on was really, really lots of fun. At about the eight mile mark, you're running through Magic Kingdom. Mm. And you come to Cinderella's castle oh. and in one marathon I'm running and there's a whole bunch of people standing there. Two runners had stopped at Cinderella's castle to get married. <gasps> I ran past them in the middle, middle of the marriage ceremony. I assume once the ceremony was over, they completed <laughs> the next 18 miles that they still had in front of them. But that was a real highlight. The other highlight for me was that marathons were not my best race. I'm much more comfortable in, in shorter distances. Mm -hmm. And I always struggled with marathons. And I could never break four hours in New York. And 
that just became an obsession with me. And finally, one year I was in my absolute best shape and, and I ran to see, and I finally got in under four hours. I think I was like 352, 353, something like that. It probably was the the best athletic achievement of my life. It, it was it was just a wonderful, wonderful feeling. Well, under four is, you work a lot to do that. I worked really hard to do that. I, I know people have run a whole lot faster than that. But for me, it was a tremendous, tremendous achievement. When you think about marathon and when you say like, it's not for you, what do you think is not for you? Is it the training or? Well, the training is, is very difficult. I don't love long runs. Mm -hmm. And to have to run 18 miles, 20 miles, every now and then I did 22 miles. You know, it's a lot of wear and tear on, on the body. And there were times that I really kind of dreaded going out there mm -hmm. and you, you dread it and you run for two hours and that ought to be enough, but you're only like halfway through. So it was just very, very painful on the body. Once or twice I was injured during training for the marathons. It was, it was just hard on my body. Mm -hmm. And Really, I've never gotten through a marathon without hitting a wall and feeling so exhausted and so depleted that I had to walk portions of it. You know, this is usually after 18 or, or 20 miles. You know, my non-running friends will say, wow, you ran 18 miles, you ran 20 miles without stopping. But, you know, when the aim is to run 26 miles, that just doesn't do it. When I have felt that depleted, such a struggle just to walk. And knowing that there's still four, five, even six miles left to go, that is one of the most depressing, painful feelings that I've ex ever experienced as an athlete. It's not for everybody. No. And then what is your preferred race distance? Is it a 10K or five mile, four mile? For a long time, I, I loved racing five miles. It was the very first race that I ever ran. I was always running at a seven minute pace. When I say seven minutes, it might have been 7.30, 7.40, 7.20. And it was always my goal to break seven minutes, run it under 35 minutes. But I never could until one race, I ran the first couple of miles in just under seven minutes. And I was so, so excited as I neared the end into the fifth mile, when I knew that I had a chance to make, to make it under 35. And I remember coming over the small hill that's just before the, the marathon finish line. And I came over the hill and I saw the clock and the clock said 34 something. And I remember thinking, wow, I've got a chance. And that was like the fastest I ever sprinted, you know, the final distance in a race. So getting in under 35 minutes was like one of my major athletic achievements that made that race so special. Thank you so much, Mike. Always fun to talk to a fellow runner and a fast runner. He knows his numbers. What are you taking away? Take it from the Iron Woman. We have episodes every Monday, every Wednesday. Don't miss out. There's something for everybody. And Take It From The Iron Woman is also a book. Get it on Amazon as a paperback or an ebook. And Coaching For You is available. Now is the time. Sign up, reach out and subscribe on your favorite podcast channel.